Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Vanguard Outdoors. Learn more at vanguardworld.us. Hello. Welcome to the Born Plant Podcast. It's myself, Dave Thomas, along with Tim Mazzirana, Jamie the No Boom, Chris Schnur, and Ashley Schnur. And uh, there's some kids here, too, for BHP Kids. They're running around. We'll have them on later. But anyway, what we're going to start our conversation with today is, um, first off, Chris hit a 325-yard balloon, which is pretty sweet. Smoked it. And on top of that, he hit a target system at 356 yards, I believe. Yep, 356. Um, which was awesome. And uh, that being said, we're going to talk to Chris now a little bit about target shooting. Because, you know, in order to make that shot, you really did have to be a target shooter. It was so... It's so hard to um, shoot that kind of distance and be that accurate. Um, it's incredible, really. Um, obviously, the products have a lot to do with it, but you can't, product or not, you're not going to make that shot just if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy shot. I mean, uh, there was a lot of preparation to go into that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a bow hunter could do it, but it'd be a lot of target-style training to get yeah. that actually done. I mean, that's... going to uh, go out on the limb and the say I couldn't even come close. Nah, I ain't going to even get close myself. It'd take me that long to probably shoot a 100-yard shot. Let's see this. By the time you ended up doing all the training that you, it would be necessary to make that shot, you might as well just consider tournament archery. It might be yeah, in your future if you, yeah. you can start doing that How for steady sure. was actually incredible on it. But, you know, I mean, we did a lot of stuff with that. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time with that bow. That bow was a uh, pretty solid setup for us to use. Uh, I thought it kind of funny when they, they made the comment about the um, the arrow rest, actually, where I had that located. That was something I was actually wondering if anybody was going to pick up and for the guys over at Bowtech to immediately notice that in the yeah. video right away. Oh, for was sure. Kind of a surprise. Walk us through what, what, what happened. With the whole shot? Yeah. No, with, with, the, uh, with the rest. With the rest. Okay, so, uh, so there's this thing called torque tuning. And um, in some bows, it's it's not very necessary some bows it is and some shooters it is some shooters they're not uh, basically what it is is in my bow hand uh, because of the way i hold hold a physical bow um, and the style of the grip i was um I, I induce a certain amount of torque into my grip so with that being said i uh 
I had to actually push into the bow a little bit differently. And what that did is it caused an adverse reaction in the rest. So what I could do is I could move that rest further back and actually over the, the bending part of my wrist or right over the top of my wrist so that the torque in my hand didn't have that much of an effect on the arrow. Uh, it made it a little more comfortable for me to shoot it, made it a little bit easier to be consistent with uh, for that shot. I mean, if I wasn't making a, a, a 300 yard, 350 or 325 yard shot, uh, I, I don't think that's where I would run that rest on a, on a daily basis. Uh, right. I mean, looking at it, it was we did a lot of powder testing, a lot of uh, spraying a lot of powder on the, the backs of the arrows, on the back of the, the arrow rest itself, uh, making sure we weren't getting contact, and which which says a lot. I mean, dynamic brace height versus static brace height makes a huge difference, and for that was only two inches away from the string, so that tells you the dynamic brace height on that bow is actually a lot higher than I guess you would think for a six inch bow. It's a lot of target talk. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, I accidentally, accidentally geeked out there for a second. That's what tends to happen. I used to fell asleep. I don't know. Call <laughs> I still just woke up. I don't know. So it was farther back. Yeah, so basically the rest was closer to the string than it was to the bow. We'll just leave it at that. It's so funny in, in my in my day to day job. Like there'll be times where I'll be sitting there talking with a customer and we're setting up their bow, and all they of a sudden you get out. that deer in the headlights. Like, they're like, huh? their head kind of tilts back slightly on their shoulders, and their head goes back, and they're like, "You're like, oh, I lost you. Let me uh, rein that back in. Let me Let move me your whisker biscuit to the left, and your bow will shoot better." There you go. So it's not just me. Okay. Yeah, the, no, most, no. the most technical I get, like my uh, my my rest, my drop weight rest, the, the cord kept moving on me, and it just jacks up my whole shot. So I, I pulled it off and threw whisker biscuit on there. I'm like, I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> so I got to find a way to fix it. I usually use the little football attachment and it just kept moving. I'm like, oh, come see me. I can fix yeah, that. So keep, keep it. Tie it in. Yeah, right. Gotta take it to Chris. Pull back. Like, yeah. Point. Release. That's, we got we got both Ron's bows set up like that, so I got his. He should, he should be he should be dialed in for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Go. <laughs> he should kill something big with those bows. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, Chris, what does it take to get in target archery? I guess, but don't put us asleep. So figure out. Right. Okay. <laughs> don't give too much information. Yeah, <laughs> don't geek out, and that's that's why I got Ashley here for to not geek out. Um, you know, it really just has to do with the love of archery. Is really what the most important thing is. Um. Like, like I've told people before, and I've had a lot of conversations about this, um, if my bow is ever dusty, um, check my pulse, and then if, yeah. if I'm still breathing and still alive, um, find out what's hurting. Um, because I, I'm always <laughs> I'm always going to shoot my bow. Um, even my hunting bows. My hunting bows um, ne- never sit. They're always getting used. They're always, they, they pull out in the basement, and we shoot a couple arrows through them every once in a while to make sure they're all happy, and everything's all hunky-dory with those. But... Um, but no, I mean, if you've got a love for archery and you love bow hunting, uh, getting out and shooting some targets, it's just going to make you better. Yeah. I mean, we a lot uh, of guys talk about what? They talk about pie plate accuracy, right? You get guys coming out two uh, weeks before season, <laughs> they, they throw 10 arrows in a pie plate at 20 yards, and they go, hey, let's go shoot deer at 40. I mean, yeah. I mean I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm just saying yeah. you get a lot of guys like that, and... Um, uh, I mean, but I think there's a bigger crowd of people that actually truly love the sport and maybe just don't know about all the other opportunities that are out there. I mean, every major organization, with the exception of USA Archery, has a bow hunter class. Yeah. I mean, so it's the same setups you guys are taking in the woods. It's the same setups that you can go buy a, a kit bow at yeah. Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops or somewhere like that or and take out and shoot. 
I mean, are they competitive classes? Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, there's guys in the bow hunter class that are shooting scores just as good as the amateur freestyle guys and probably could come contend pretty dang well in the professional classes as well with bow hunter setup. Yeah. I mean, so. So there, there's, I mean, you, you know pretty much everything there is about tuning a bow and getting a bow set up. So, um, not everything. But, well, stay humble. <laughs> no, no, not, after, not, not after, everything. After you have like, the longest shot, probably in in uh, in recorded history, yeah. I think you can. I think you can probably you know hold your own. But yeah. um, so, for, but but for that beginner target um, shooter, what what are like what are the basics? I know you, you talk a lot about you know how you tune it and different adjustments that you can make. Mm-hmm. What do I need to know to get started? Turn the bow down. That's the biggest recommendation yeah. I got. I mean. I I sell more seventy pound bows in a you know in a month than we'll ever sell a fifty pound bow. We'll ever sell a sixty pound bow. I mean, we sell seventy pound bows. It's really what everybody sells, yeah. and a lot of guys have that premise that seventy pounds is what I need, um, but you don't. You really don't. I, I mean, finally came to that realization. Yeah. I don't think we really even order seventies anymore. We just we take sixties. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so it's much nicer. Shoot. It's the bow tech I got now. It's it's like a joy to shoot. I'm not. You know, after 10 shots, I'm like, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, I, yeah. like in Michigan, we're not we're not getting long shots. No, I mean, you no. might get a long shot here no. and there, but do you really want to take it? No. Yeah. I mean, especially with a broadhead. I mean, we can tune pretty darn good with broadheads, but you never know. Yeah. You just never yeah. know. You call, you call Hail, Hail Mary at yeah. last light. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for the best, right? right. But I mean, us here, we have a, a new bow every year, pretty much, and we have to learn how to shoot it, but... I live in I live in town. Like I have a twenty yard shot in my backyard, but I don't shoot as much as I should. Right. To be quite honest, I mean I got a pl- couple places I can go, but if I had if I had acreage or something where I could go out and shoot, you know, I'd, I'd probably shoot a lot more. But I'm not gonna lie, there's I'll go a month without shooting my bow, you know, and then season comes around and I gotta go rush and you know get a couple hundred shots and make sure I <laughs> I feel good. But well, the really cool thing about target archery is is it basically opens up about. 50,000 acres in the state or 20,000, yeah. 10,000 acres, whatever it is, of, of shooting space for you yeah. the second you start playing target archery. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's instantly. That's yours. Um, because what if you look you mean at, by that? What I mean by that is, um, I mean, bow hunters like to shoot animals, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Every single weekend from May to, I think, up until August, o- August October, right around there, September, there's a shoot. And it's a 3D shoot. And it's yeah. and it's all those classes, all those 3D animals that look just like the animals you're going to go shoot yeah. in the woods. Even some that you aren't going to shoot in the woods. I mean, there's a Reinhardt shoots up in uh, Saginaw. I don't think we're going to see any giraffes in uh, yeah, there's Michigan. There's one up in, uh, we have a cabin in Ingadine, Michigan. There's mm-hmm. one at the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club. I guess it's over a mile long and it's like 50, 50 animals or something. Yeah, yeah there's like, like an there's alligator a bunch of them. and a swamp and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. I haven't gone to it yet, but I'm but almost every local club has at least once a month has a 3D shoot that they that their members put on and 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 so I mean but I mean you got IBO you've got ASA you've got um, in Michigan here you've got a fantastic organization in IAA which is a new upstart that's really family centered I mean yeah. the hardest thing I know that I hear a lot of guys saying or I, I was hearing a lot of guys saying was that it, it's hard to get a day away from the family to go out and shoot because the wife's got to do this she's got right. things that need to get done around the house but um, if it wasn't for Ashley, I don't think I could shoot as much as I do. I mean, yeah. I'm gone pretty much every weekend between 
when when do we start traveling? Are we ever not gone? Right. We get hunting season off. That's really what it sounds like. I mean, that, that's reality. The month of I mean, October. We've got shoots going all the way into September. Yeah. I mean, so September, yeah. we're still shooting. Um, October, we're finally done. I mean, I'm still super busy with my job, but I mean, September, uh, you're getting ready for hunting yeah. season, still trying to fit a last-minute tournament in. October, you're hunting. November, you're hunting. But um, December, tournament season starts. I mean, we got the Midwest Open December 8th. I've got to I got to remember how to shoot a five spot and still try to figure out how to shoot a three spot target at the same time, right? And get new arrows set up and get new bows set up and get all that. But I won't complain about setting up new bows. That is yeah. one thing you'll never hear me complain about. I love to do it. So what he is loves the to um? Play. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of heard that earlier. Right. <laughs> I love to play with the bows. I just um. So what what is your what is your standard three D shoot or tournament shoot look like? Like, if I'm showing up for the first time, what can I expect? So it's, it's really kind of cool uh, the way 3D shoots work. So um, at the state and local level, you're going to show up to, let's say you go to a uh, IAA shoot, um, or IAA, which is International Archers Association, I believe is what it stands for. So say you go up to that shoot, and you got it's your first time. You're going to tell them it's your first time. You're going to tell them you've never done this before. Yeah. And they're going to put you with a group of guys, then you're going to have so much fun. You're going to be addicted because they're... That's what they're trying to do. I mean, every organization wants to grow their organization, so they're going to make sure you're going to have fun. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to come in. You're going to pay your 20 25 bucks, which is what a tournament costs, really, for 3D for your standard uh, events. Um, and then you're going to probably wait about a half hour to an hour. And basically what that is, there's practice bales for you to shoot at, maybe some practice animals for you to shoot at, but uh, there's always an area for you to practice. Um, they'll get you in a group of four to five guys, send you out, you get to go play, uh, shoot, what, 30 targets? Mm -hmm. 30 to 40 targets, depending on the event. And then from there, they kick you out. They say go home. Maybe you stop, have dinner with a group of guys you made some new friends with, join some Facebook groups, and then next thing you know, you're there every single weekend, and your wife wonder what happened to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's really but what it whenever there's somebody to. new, they always get excited. Everybody's yeah. always excited to see somebody that's new and cool. introduce them to the sport in the tournament. The other age classes, or how does that... How does oh, that yeah, work? it's really divided. So, I mean... Um, there's there's division in mind like the type of equipment you're going to shoot, the class you're going to shoot, the distance you want to shoot. I mean, uh, your your comfort level in the sport. I mean, they've got classes like that are called bow novice, which is a known yardage class out to 25 yards. So I mean, you have a 25 yard max. Like you will not shoot a target longer that's, than 25. There yards. we go. So now you see now you hook me. Yeah, and I mean that's even that's even a course that you literally walk up to, and I you, can throw the arrow at it. You could th yeah, you could throw the arrow at the target, but uh, but I'll tell you again. It's a tough class. There's yeah. Yeah, there's guys out there that are going to clean those courses. Now, yeah. cool thing is, is most of the organizations are really, really good about kicking you out. I mean, they'll say, hey, you've been in Bow Novice now for yeah. two years. Congratulations. <laughs> you shot really, really well. Welcome to Bow Hunter class. There's 300 guys waiting for you because they've been hearing about you in Bow Novice. Yeah. Tim ain't leaving. Yeah. But, <laughs> Make me. <laughs> but no, I mean, they, there's, they, they do a really good job of that. And even those guys that, that are down there competing in that class, they love it. I mean, and then, but I mean, you're walking that course with a rangefinder. So you're walking up to a target. And what I always tell people is even the guys that are shooting those classes when they're just starting, walk out there with a rangefinder. But before you click it, guess that yardage. Because later on, you're going to need to. Yeah. And when you get into like yeah. Open Pro uh, or, well, I mean, now ASA, you're getting a huge growth in the uh, the known pro class. I mean, that was huge when this well, the, um, sponsor started throwing money into that class for contingency and stuff. But mm -hmm. Uh, you're getting you're getting tons of participation in known yardage classes, and go out there with a rangefinder, click it. Hey, 
You don't have to worry. That was one of the things that kind of got me off 3D for a while was the fact that I can't see yardage. Like, yeah. you can tell me a target's 20 yards away. Great, I'll set my sight to it and I'll nail that thing. But you tell me to guess it, I'll guess it wrong every time. <laughs> I love my clicker. Yeah. So I guess another thing that I've noticed, and it's probably a reason that a lot of people don't get started, is that they don't feel comfortable going into a pro shop. You know what I mean? They feel intimidated. You feel like you're going to walk in there... Because I've I've, I've experienced it actually, yeah, yeah. you know, some shops you walk in and if yeah. you're not buying a thousand dollar bow, they don't want to talk to you. If you ask a question that, you know, is kind of dumb quotations, you know, they're gonna make you feel stupid. So, By I talking mean, tech. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> By guys like Chris, this show. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about dynamic precision. <laughs> Talk about Archer's Paradox. You know, not, everybody, not everybody can afford a twelve hundred dollar bow. So, you know, right. do you, you what can I get for like four hundred? You know, right. I think they need to. Do, people need to do a better job of inviting everybody in. Yeah. Not well, every bow needs to be seventy, like you're saying. Right. There needs to be some forties, fifties. Not everybody even knows their draw length. They're even no. out of measure their draw yeah. length. Nobody knows their draw length. When you're starting, nobody knows your draw length. No. I mean, you can't walk in and be like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm a twenty nine point three seven five inch draw length. Mm. No. No way. You can't do it. So, okay, so how, how do you measure the draw length appropriately? So this this gets really... I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to keep go. this short. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if mine's sorry. off. Yeah, let's, let's, hold on. Let's talk to the commercial. We'll come back at the end. <laughs> I did the arm length <laughs> divided by two and a half or something, and I've always shot 29. Well, well that is. That's exactly yeah. it. It's, it's, you, you, take your, you take your arms, you stretch them out to your side, relax. You don't reach. You just, yeah. just kind of stretch them out to your side. And you divide that by two and a half. And whatever that number is, is what I will call your starting point. I mean, because it's not your draw length. I'll tell you that. Because if I do it, I measure at 29. If I shot 29, I'm really crunched up. Because I have really narrow shoulders. I don't have broad shoulders. Um, So another way that people will do it is they'll take your wingspan minus 15 inches, divided by two. That's another way. It gets you close. Um, like, I measure at 29, I shoot, tw- uh, depending on the release, I'll shoot either 29.375 or I'll shoot 30. Actually, the boat, the setup I'm running right now is 30 inches, and it looks really long on me, but that, I mean, as, as shooting that Bowtech at 30 and a half inches yeah. with 72 pounds <laughs> kind of made me want to experiment a little bit yeah. with the setup I was shooting right now, and I actually found that at 30 inches, I can just, like, you talk about those pins sitting completely still, <clears throat> not moving at 20 yards, I'm actually feeling the pin not moving at 20 yards so pretty exciting (laughs) (laughs) not sure where to go now dudes in computer world yeah i started talking about arrows and he went i I forgot what happened (laughs) lost me um so okay so we talked about target um let's talk about a little bit about um the rut since now we're going to transition to hunting um so supposedly according to john cedar which is always factual. Uh, he went hunting the other day, <laughs> and he saw deer all over him. He says, yeah. and he shot a donut, ran around in a big fat circle, and came back and dropped in front of him ten yards and died. But he said there was bucks I'm chasing. Wait, I'm oh. waiting for the video. That's not the first the person that said it either. They're starting to chase. Yeah. That it went from eighty to fifty that one day when we were camping, and then they just moved. Yeah, and I've heard reports, and obviously we're talking about Michigan, but I've heard reports that uh, November second, fourth. Somewhere in there is going to be peak rut season, which is uh, it's two weeks early. I mean, those gun yes. I mean, those gun hunters aren't going to have anything left. So it's uh, this. I, I, I'm excited. I mean, it's it, it's it is not often that you as a as a bow hunter 
really gets to hunt like prime rut all the yeah. time. It did it last year. I think it kind of ended right when we got there on November 10th, but the week before, all we heard about was all these, oh yeah, they were working construction where we have our lease, and there was 150s running by the workers, and they wouldn't work anymore. They just spent the next three hours trying to find the deer again. <laughs> where they, were, they were not there when we were there, yeah. so we missed it. And I hope we don't miss it again. <laughs> This year's been weird with the weather. Yeah, it has been. I mean, what, opening day it was 80 degrees? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 80, 85. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, a little similar to last year, but it got colder quicker last year. It stayed pretty mild here up until about this week. So, um, it got warm sitting, again today. It felt yeah, like, it did. Know. It was up to 70 again today. It's but to be it, 70 I think uh, another couple of days it's it's supposed to turn around again. So, um, but so, so what's, um, what's the... What's the big difference, not not in technique, but what's the big difference in your approach when you're hunting rut versus none? What do you do differently? Actually, you don't have to be as careful because they get really dumb. Yeah, they're chasing <laughs> everywhere. I mean, from what I've seen over the years, they come into anything. Like, it's yeah. not even like you're basically hunting just to see the deer. And then yeah. once you see them, you need to start, like, grunting and getting ready because, like, the odds are they might run through. Uh, I mean, a couple years back, I remember I was hunting in Stateland. And I saw a deer to my right, and I was like, I'm throwing a grunt out. Threw a grunt out, and the spike turned around and started coming right at me. <laughs> like, sweet! Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to shoot him, but I, actually, I would have shot him back then. This is a long time ago. It was like 2004 or something. But I remember thinking, like, this is the time, you know? This is yeah. crazy how quick that thing just turned about face and came right in, you know? And it was like 15 yards from my tree stand looking around and, you know... But I think uh, it's a just a, it's a different kind of hunting. Yeah. If you see them, that's the key. And you, you do you see gotta, them. You got to sit. Well, I guess that's like the point I'm, I'm trying. Pretty to, much all day. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the point I'm trying to get at is that that you're you're not just sitting anymore. You're actually no. actively clearing oh, them out. Yeah, yeah, you know you're, I mean? you're not. You don't have to be. It's not necessarily about being perfectly still like you kind of are in the early season. It's more about locating them quickly and then trying to get them in. So, like, for instance, Ron's going to Illinois coming up, and one of his things about Illinois is he told me today on the phone, he said, dude, it's a whole different world there than it is in Michigan because the big bucks are running around. And it's, it's different because they actually respond to rattling. They respond yeah. to, you you'd rattle, you see a buck yeah. come running in. It's a whole different level, yeah. he said, than it is in Michigan. They're, they're, for some reason, the animals are more attentive to that kind of thing, whereas in Michigan... You rattle, you're most likely not seeing a deer. I mean, you That's might be able to grunt them in, but I've, I've rarely ever seen someone because rattle. Because the buck doe ratio is correct. Yeah, there. so the point is, why, why fight for a doe if there's yeah. like 10 other ones waiting for me? Yeah. Right. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like in October <laughs> here, I, if it's, especially if it's hot, I'll only hunt to like 10. Yeah. I'll only hunt three hours in the evening because they don't they don't come out till an hour four hour after light right you're I, but the rut as long as i can i saw some um you're gonna be right in it dude next week I'm you're excited. gonna be like yeah. right in it like yeah. you, so <clears throat> the biggest thing for you is it's gotta be ready i mean they're gonna run by and you gotta stop them you gotta have a grunt and, or do something to get them yeah. to stop take your quick shot but you should know your distances beforehand i'm gonna try the uh the armpit fart maneuver that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've tried so many different things. Uh, I've yelled before. Nothing usually doesn't work for me. But the problem is when I yell, I get nervous. I'm like, I draw back and went, ah, ah! <laughs> <laughs> underneath so, it. I've tried to stop them so many times, right? And then they go a couple more and then stop behind a tree. And then you're like holding back. You're like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, it's the worst. And then put down. Go. What's the longest you've, uh, any of you have ever held on a deer at full draw? 
probably a minute. You can't go much longer than that. Now you can with like an elite or something with a nice back wall. But the bows. So I what's had, yours? You think? Maybe did a, you hit maybe it? a minute. No, that's right. the one I had to put Chris? down. He ran away. Mine was last week, and it was three minutes. Oh yeah, no. But I'm I'm lucky. With that ninety percent let off, just yeah. sit there all day. Did you get it or no? No, no. It wouldn't move. Yeah. And finally, it was facing me and it backed up. Like it saw me and it just like slowly backed up. It's like I know you can't shoot me head on. <laughs> Ashley, um, probably not too long. Maybe just like a minute and a half. So yeah. too man. Tim, well, you at, at full draw, right? At full <laughs> draw. I'm gonna say, gosh, three or four. Hours? Yeah. Well, crossbow, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't give crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should call somebody up for four hours. You know. Do they have crossbow First tournament? Put a, let's go put a compound. Do have a crossbow? If you put a compound on Tim's hand out there, someone's gonna get hurt. Okay. And, and, well, and, and, well, let, let's just be you honest. Might die, it will like, probably be me. Probably. And I will probably break it. Oh, you're um, breaking it. Yeah. There's no doubt. I'm not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. There's cross. I wasn't joking about that 25 yard, you know, tournament. Like I was, I was serious. Like I would actually throw it. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got one of those little recurve crossbows out there, <laughs> pulling it back with his hands, shooting it, pulling it back that, again. Is that a Nerf gun? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> my longest, my on. longest hold on a deer, and I know this exactly because it's on video, was four minutes and 56 seconds. Oh jeez. With a Struther, Wrath, SHO. So, probably not the best back wall. got a 70% let off, though. Yeah, it wasn't even, and it hurt so bad. But it was I gotta so see cold. this video because yeah. I really don't believe oh, it. Was I can imagine minutes. it. His, upper, his whole day. upper body is like this, oh, yeah. just shaking and jiving. Oh, yeah, dude. You couldn't even make it. It was, it was 15 degrees, blowing wind oh, in Sandusky. And this is when Struther invited me to come home with him, Corey Upper, who's actually on our team now. His dad used to own Struther. He said, come on out to the Sandusky land. We have 300 acres you can hunt. We'll shoot a deer on film. So we, our, the goal was to take turns. So here I am in this climber. Can't feel my hands. Can't feel anything. It's freezing. These deer come in like water just pouring because of the corn. They throw corn out. These deer just come flooding in. But they're all small does, right? And he's like, no, no, I'm not shooting that. You got to wait for a big one. So I'm like, all right. So all of a sudden he goes, here they come. You know, I look up. It's getting dark now. And I can see. It's all snow, though. You can see, you know, ways. I see this herd of big does coming in, but I see a buck, but it's a small buck, and they have a rule, you know, four better or something like that on the one side. But anyway, so here comes this doe. So I'm like, he's like, get ready, you know. So she's coming in. She's she's beelining for the corn, you know, all these little deer around the corn ready. So I'm like, all right, cool, here I go. So I draw back the bow like this over the climb. I'm sitting down, and the quiver, the uh, arrows brushed the, bo- the, the metal, like, shing. Oh. Like this, and they look, it look, it jumped back. It ran. I'm already at full draw. I know I'm like, all right, I'm stuck. It ran back 10 yards, and then it worked its way for the next four, four minutes, 56 seconds, worked its way back in. And I'm like this. He goes, just try to hold it. Just try to hear Corey like above me. He's like, just try to hold it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, I just shut my eyes, and I'm just like, no, I'm starting to get like, you know, this. But it's freezing. And I told myself, this is it. Like, if I let this bow down, it's game over. Like, this deer's running. There's no way I'm going to reel or redraw on this deer and it's this is it i mean it's like 15 minutes to dark you know and i'm freezing i spent uh, you know hours out in this 18 degree blowing wind this is only like 5 30 at night you know it gets dark uh, earlier this is yeah. like in december so i'm like so it comes it comes and comes and finally it's got now it's in my shooting zone but it's got a shoulder back i'm like just take 
one stop I'm thinking this in my head my arms are just burning like I'm at this full burn <coughs> finally it takes one as soon as it takes a step it didn't even get its arm fully over I was like <laughs> <laughs> that thing didn't go 20 yards rage the cage nice. Uh, nice very proud of that moment because I was like I did it you know I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe Corey's like I can't believe you held that bow that long the longest four minutes it was the longest dude right. But it was scary. <laughs> it was long, but it was like nerve wracking. Because I'm going like this. Eventually, I kind of did one of these, you know? Like I was trying to go like this and just stretch my neck out. And then I'm like back. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know what to do. Because it was like, it could see me if I moved. Mm-hmm. But man. Smoked it. Smoked it. That deer didn't go. But anyways, it was interesting pulling it out, though, because there was uh, two feet of snow. And uh, it was so easy. It wasn't easy, but it draw it drags real easy on the snow compared yeah. to like you know the ground. Oh, yeah. But you're also going through two feet of snow to step, so yeah. it wasn't fun. I remember sweating, but being freezing the sweat freezing on my neck as I sweat. It was so cold. How far away was that shot? That far was all fifteen yards. Fifteen 20 yards. Good. Yeah, pop shot. But it had to make that step. Oh, I yeah. would have killed yeah. it quick if I if the arrows didn't hit. If I didn't have oh, my quiver okay. on, which I normally don't do, I'd be left my wand one time and that happened to me. Yeah, I'll never do that again. I, was... that, I made that mistake because it was a it was a tight spot. You know, it was mm-hmm. close to the bow. Right. I didn't think much of it, and it, I had it hanging, it's freezing. I'm like, oh. But the problem was that the tree stand I was in it was like I was like in it, you know, like mm-hmm. this. It's like close, so I had to do like this to even shoot. And I think when I did that, it just slightly rubbed and cost me a four minute hold. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that was like the longest ever I could imagine. And I got it though. See, unlike you, I yeah. smoked it. It backed up. It knew it knew it I was coming. Up. Well, it could have left. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. it was gonna come in. To be honest, <laughs> then there was another time we went there. The first time we went there was the year two years prior, and Corey invited. I went two years in a row. So the one year before that, we sat in a different spot, and he was sitting. I want to say like right next to me somehow, but we weren't that high off the ground. We were like fifteen feet, and he was like right next to me. This doe comes running in. I shoot it, get it, good. I hit it good, runs off. I'm like, sweet, I saw it go down. I'm like, yeah. Then it's his turn. So then I flips to him, and this, we're talking about a doe here, okay? It's like at 20 yards. This other doe comes running in, another doe. It's like right after I shoot the one and kill it, this other one comes in, he gets ready, pulls back, and he misses at 20 yards. I'm like, really? I'm like, dude, this is like an easy double. Like, how do you miss this doe? He's like, I don't get nervous because the camera's wrong and stuff. Come on, dude. Uh-huh. I still give him crap about that today. Corey Upper, ladies and gentlemen. Corey Upper. <laughs> Doe miss. 18 and a half yards. Miss of the year. 2013. Maybe. Yeah. See, they shoot with crossbows a lot, right? Recently, yeah. we've been tasked with trying to, uh, well, we kind of look at it as more of a testing thing. Because mm-hmm. I've never shot a deer with a crossbow in my life. So this year, I, I was like, you know what? It was early season. It was raining. It was miserable. So I'm like, I'm going to take it out and just try it, right? So the first thing that happens to me is I get this doe at, like, under my stand, literally. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to shoot this close, you know? I mean, it was literally like I see his backbone, you know, underneath right. me. Huge doe, but I'm like, I don't know. And then we're, like, talking about maybe seeing a buck, and I'm like, I just don't know if I want to shoot this deer. And then, of course, the deer it had two babies with it, so I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, just let this one go. So I let it go, and it starts, like, doing all these, like, kissing to the babies and licking each other. I'm like, oh. Man, this is even worse than I thought before. I'm like, just get out of here. Just get out of here. Throwing rocks. So they, they walk away. You know, I'm like, cool, whatever. And then <clears throat> I see one of the babies running around playing. 
but I thought at first I was like, "What's going on back there?" I thought maybe a buck was running in there. I see this deer just—you can't even hear it. You know, you just see this yeah. animal going back and forth in the like just in that in that valley yeah. back there. I could see it just come up the ridge and down the ridge, and it was like it was kind of cool. But I was like, "Man!" But you couldn't even hear it. That's yeah. why I thought it was interesting. I could see it moving, but I couldn't yeah, hear it's it. It's just grass back there. So. Um, but anyway, so then the next day, I. You know, I said, well, if I see a big doe, I'm going to shoot it. But, it, you know, I don't want to bring it when it's got two little babies with it. So the next day, um, this, I, I it started raining, like, hard. So he's like, you going to the ground blind? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bump out to the ground blind. So I'm in my stand. I pack up, cameras, everything. And I get down, walk the edge, which I actually, it was raining and windy. And so it was so loud. Like, I just st- spot and stuff. With a crossbow, it's amazing what you could do with a spot and stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, creeping, like, down the edge. And I'm like one step at a time with the wind and nothing happened so i get into the stand i set up you know and i'm just about to watch a netflix show and i look up there's a deer already on the pile area where there's corn and stuff i'm like what the heck and it's this huge doe i'm like that's i'm like really so then i grab this vanguard shooting stick and i move it over i put the thing on it the bow and i'm looking at it and i'm like getting ready to shoot it and i'm like i better make sure it's a doe you know if this is a button buck i'll never hear the end of it <laughs> you know so i'm gonna double check right <clears throat> so i come off the scope and i'm looking and of course it looks right at me right it comes up and it looks right at me i'm like you gotta be kidding me right i'm like there's no way i'm like you know what i'm going for it i'm just gonna scope it and fire right as fast as i can so i scope it and i see it put its head down I'm like oh i'm good right and then i and i know i knew it was a doe then i mean it had this big nose and everything so i'm like as soon as it put its head down i was like Ping! and i swear to god dude that thing went right through that deer hit the tree before it even moved that's mm-hmm. how fast i mean yeah. It was an Excalibur micro suppressor, just pummeled right through that deer with uh, what did we, was that using a, a dead ringer? Dead ringer. That one's a dead ringer, uh, mechanical, <coughs> and it just, the backside was like huge gash, blood everywhere. So here's the big question on the Excalibur: How heavy was your tip? The broadhead. Hundred grain. Hundred grain. Hmm. I'm only. It was only. You know. Well, I shouldn't say that. We were shooting. We were practicing out the 50 yeah. yards. Yeah. And I had a 100 grain. I was smoking dead. I could hit a freaking quarter at 50 yards. I always thought it was funny. They come with 150s in the package from the factory. But do they come with 150 and 100s? No. Only you 150s. sure? I yeah, swore I saw. All the suppressors I built Well, maybe because it's a small been... arrow. Yeah, that it's like a 16 and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's way smaller than average. But I'm using Aluminox, so the weight adds Yeah, you're probably adding a lot of weight to it with Aluminox and stuff, that's yeah, no, probably I, the difference. Yeah, because when I was talking, I was talking to them about it, and they said the, the 150s were making a huge difference. But I don't know. Well, probably said the Luminox. Yeah, Luminox probably makes how a huge yardage too, though. I mean, yeah, how, I how mean, far was your shot? Yeah. Yeah, I was 15 yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you're shooting closer. Yeah. Than but I was shooting 50 when we were practicing, no problem. That thing had to be cooking. What those are 355? Oh yeah, it, went, right, yeah. it went full the, speed. I mean, right I'm through. using 100 green in the katana, and I mean. It's, they're fast. I'll be honest. I was impressed with the dead ringer. It was yeah. still usable. Mm-hmm. I could have put a new ring on it and still used it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, nice. wow. But, now, would you ever reuse the bolt though? Because yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I would. would. Yeah. The bolt. I mean, you check had, it over. I, and I have. Well, why you think a fracture issue? Well, I've had that happen. See, I'm not a reuse the broadhead kit. Well, we generally don't reuse yeah. things here, but I mean, yeah. cause we have it's extra. So much, but... we don't, if we were buying right. it, we'd reuse it. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to do that. It's up to you. Some people keep them as trophies. Like Ron has every yeah. arrow he's ever killed yeah. a deer with. It's pretty cool. Can actually, yeah. it's huge. I kept the one for my bear. But Those are pretty durable deer. arrows too. I mean, yeah. the ones that are yeah. coming, what they're using, Easton bolts. Yeah, all the all the, the firebolt, yeah. the quill, yeah. and the diablo are all made by Easton. Yeah, they're tough arrows. Yeah, they're not like a normal carbon. They're like a look a 
texture over or something. Still. I think they have like a micro finish or something yeah. like that. Like like some of the target arrows, like the um the carbon one that Easton makes uses that as well. I had uh, this year wasn't Excalibur. I was I was I had a Crossman that I was playing around with with last year, and I took it out this year. And the uh, the first shot, and I check all my bolts because you don't want to mess around with that kind of that kind of feet per second and everything. <clears throat> and uh, the first shot, the bolt the bolt broke. And it snapped the string and the crossman and all oh. that. So that's why, like, yeah. after that, I just decided I'm mm. I'm never reusing another bolt that I that I've yeah. shot previously. Yeah. Well, the so. problem is with those crossbows, you have to shoot them to to to. to mm-hmm. But you don't have to shoot the Excalibur. You can back it down. Oh, absolutely. Right. Have yeah, you done that? Have you tried that? Yeah. It's yeah. Awesome. No, this is when I was. This is when. Well, we what were. I'm suggesting is the the problem is you always have to shoot a bolt, and sometimes <clears throat> you shoot it in the ground, but that's right. stupid because I broke so many hitting rocks. On top of, if you don't check your tongue, it could slip forward and you could yeah. go underneath it. Yeah, well, I guess what I mean is I won't ever shoot a bolt that I know I shot through something. Like, if it's if, if I'm just target practice, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll reshoot that all day long. Well, yeah, I mean, I but, think if you shot a bolt into the woods, it'd be yeah. stupid to reuse it if it hit trees. I yeah. mean, yeah. Not, not even, if it, even if it just bounced off them, it yeah. could probably, yeah. stru- you know, structurally fracture it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right, that's odd to happen, but it could it could happen. That's why I like I the mean, decocking bags. Because you can, well, you, like, with those the are... Excalibur, you don't have to. You yeah, with those, you don't have to, yeah. It's sweet, same with Striker, but that's their own patent technology. No one else has that, so you have yeah. to shoot the other ones, which I think sucks you have to shoot them, because... Well, there are more crossbows now that are... Well, if you have, like, decocking. this kind, you could go backwards, right? The hand crank. Some, some with you the hand, hand crank, yeah. backwards. Some probably. of them you can. Ten points you can't. Uh, Ten points you can't. You'll break the... You can break the, um... What the, is, the AccuDraw, or whatever yeah. it's called. Um, yeah, I've had a couple of those this year I've had to fix, because... People have shot with the AccuDraw still on it. Ouch! Oh, ouch! That wow, that hurt so their long. arm. Is spinning. No, they don't know the AccuDraw. They pull it out, left the crank assembly. The actual, they have like a U-shaped slide. Uh-huh. They'll crank it up, leave it in there, pull it out, and then they shoot it, and then it just breaks it right out. No way. Jeez. Yeah, crossbows. You gotta be careful, man. I saw yeah. one dude's thumb get cut off. Uh, yeah, that was, a, was somebody just posted one. Yeah, online I saw it. It was that. so disgusting. But I, I think uh, you gotta be. That's what I do with the yeah, kids. I, I make doing. them shoot it like it's a oh, 50 yeah. cal and put their hand back One hand by their face. face yeah. Yeah, and they wear goggles, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, you got to you gotta protect yourself with crossbows. They make me a little nervous, to be honest with you. Especially these new ones are so powerful, 420, yeah. 400, you know, the longer ones like yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you, you get into those powerhouse, especially the compound ones. They make me more nervous than the Excaliburs. The Excalibur, I feel like, you got to protect your hands, but I feel like there's not much to break on it, so... The odds are it's not going to break, and if it does break, it's going to be the string, and then you just redo it, you know. Mm-hmm. But you don't have all the moving parts. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. The moving parts scare me more, like because I, I mean, we've had compound explosions where things fly every direction. Cams are, you know, yeah. we have crossbow explosions yeah. right here. We're not going to name names, but some explosions yeah. right in front of us. So I mean, second shot, crazy. So each, you know, and look at look at what can be swinging around. You know, yeah. that's my point. That whole thing can be swinging, whereas yeah. you're not going to have that it. one was pretty scary. <laughs> That was really messed up. In fact, that, that crossbow, bolt was still in it. If it broke and the everything was still in it, yeah, we didn't know what to do. It fired. The limb snapped, but nothing happened. Nothing changed. So the bolt's still gonna like explode. How'd you guys do that? Did you get the bolt out and then uh, we laid it on the ground, finally away from us? And then somebody came up and threw the bolt out. And then you quick. guys dry fired it. No, we, he just somebody put it up against the target, so we we're gonna get another bow and shoot the string and break it. But it, 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 it <laughs> another broke. bow, shoot the string. Yeah. Was this Robin? I, I, I guess I, 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 think I, know, I think I know who's like. Yeah, I do. That too. was Kevin's. <laughs> yeah, it broke, it broke itself. 
broke right Did off. it fire then, or what happened? No. Oh, it, it just, just got loose. and. So I won't say the brand, but I will say that it has been a recall on that particular yeah, model. Yeah, I know. I, I do know that. So. did tell me that, yeah. Yeah. But the, one, one of the reasons I asked about the crossbow thing originally was... So what I, was I was, the problem, the limbs? It was a, it was a front-end issue. It was a limb issue. Yeah. And they, they were it was something in the, the pockets, I believe. What do you think of this one right here? I think it's a, a beautiful, beautiful animal right there. That's my brother's first bow he bought. His first six Matthews he ever bought. Did he break Ultra his wrist light. every time he shot it? I don't know. This dude is legit, this whole bow. So, a geek story on that one. I had a buddy who had one of those. It's a feather We should shoot it. You think it hurt us? Did huh? it break if we shot that? No, I don't think it'd break you. It's just there's so much hand shock to those old yeah. ultra lights. That... This dude is, like, seriously. It's like a... the original solo cam, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they were... Oh, I think Bear had one, one more? before that. So. Well, Bear has the patent on that, to my yeah, understanding. Yeah, Bear owns a patent, I believe, on, on the solo cam. That's crazy to think that, you know. I think that everybody thinks solo cam Matthews, Matthews. yeah. But, yeah. Um, I actually had a buddy who had one of those. A feather light, actually. And, uh... He was bored with it, and as most stupid tuning stories start with a couple beers. No. Chris <laughs> wanting to yeah. play with bows. And me just me having extra spare parts around the house. I actually put cams from a Hoyt Alpha Elite on one of those. Built custom strings. Dang. Bags. And I will tell you right now, that bow was legit. <laughs> it shot good. A mixture of Hoyt and Matthews. You can't yeah. it. I think we should do that next year. We should, we should we find should the oldest bow we can. Dress up an original real tree like an old one piece suit and go kill deer. I think what we should do is have Chris do some Dr. Frankenstein stuff on some of the <laughs> some bows. We should take like a brand new bow tech and a brand new Hoyt and a brand new bear and put them like all together and make a mixture. Like one limb over here, one you limb there. You think we could turn a compound into a crossbow? We'll call it. We'll call it Psycho. Probably could. We probably could. <laughs> we'll call it Psycho. Well, Frankenbowling's been around forever. I mean, how do you think these uh, these crossbow manufacturers came up with the ideas to yeah. to get the reverse cams? Have you seen? Have you started seeing that stuff now? With like, True. they're just taking the cams and throwing them around, yeah. Yeah. giving them a one eighty. And you're what was the bow that has the um, the crossbow that has? It's like in the, the the string is way forward. We just did the review on it. Which bow was that? Parker. Parker was has Parker. one. The Centerfire XXT. Yeah, the Centerfire. That's the one. Has the strings like way forward, right? Yeah. Oh, the reverse. That's why yeah. the cams reverse, yeah. so the the whole string is way up front. Which is an amazing concept. Yeah, it I is. Mean, and if you look at like the way they do that, I mean. Just by flipping that camera around, what do you do? It's a 160-pound draw weight, right? If you look at the Ambusher, that's the same same lineup, speed-wise. Yeah. That center fires so much faster, but it's the exact same poundage. Yeah. So if you take that one step further, what if you dropped it down to a 140-pound draw weight? Now you're getting into the kids, women, yeah. lower poundage guys with maybe shoulder issues. You're totally yeah, changing that They did a lot of little things on that bow, I couldn't believe. I mean, they, like, uh, they sighted it in. You know, they, what they do, boresight yeah, it, it all this stuff to it. It's pretty cool. I'm like, why am I almost hitting arrows right out of the box? Oh, yeah, that's right, the Parker, right outside yeah. the box, yeah. Parker's just, in my opinion, they've done such a great job on the crossbow. I mean, they, they've really dominated. And, and when people pick them up and shoot them, they're pretty nice, man. Yeah. They do a good job. And I think that's one of their strongest suits is there. Their, their compound, they struggle, I think, cause, but I feel like they're not trying to compete on it, you know. Yeah. They don't go head to head with a Bowtech or a Hoyt when it comes to top notch premium bows, or you know, they're not even. Oh, and so rumor has it Hoyt's launching a new bow this year, whole new uh, thing. Yeah, I just saw something today. Evan Williams posted something about 2018s are coming on 1024. It's gonna be something different though. Yeah, it's my understanding. Like, I, it's supposedly I don't know, it's man. like I don't know what I don't know about this I, new bow every year I, stuff. Like, it's... well, no, they didn't really have one last year. 
They just yeah, did the they, pro they, defiant. Well, they, they did. Yeah, they did the pro defiant. They called so it they pro. Updated it was the defiant. pro defiant. Yeah, I remember. It's not a huge difference though. Yeah, it came with updated cam. Or this right here yeah. supposedly is gonna be a whole new look. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll it see. Should at least be like a golf clubs and everything. When's like it coming? Two years. Ten twenty four. Ten twenty four seventeen is what they said the official reasons. But this year's been a great year for bows, man. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's been everybody's. Hope you all ready to yeah. spend some money. That's yeah. all I gotta say. You can uh, you can blow fifteen hundred bucks on a bow oh, yeah. and and fully set up this year and and I mean, tons of companies came out with new products. It's been stupid. Oh yeah, you're right. Ten twenty four. Here it is. Yeah. Who's ready? Is that, I think that's what they're is that what they were saying on their tagline for what it. What is happening with this computer? Just is, they, shut is it off. plugged in? I don't think it's a power issue. I think it's the computer's just old. <laughs> Screen just shuts off and on. Whoa, whoa. Oh, nice. I guess I can't use that. It's something to do with that, I think. Because look, now it's fine. So here's something interesting I saw on Facebook yesterday. I was watching this video about uh, crossbow sighting in crossbows, and I'm not a big crossbow guy, so I don't watch a bunch of stuff on it. For some reason, this caught my attention. I want to see what you guys think of this. So they were talking about what's called the crossbow four inch, which is that four inch kill zone on a deer. So they were saying taking your top reticle or your top crosshair sighting in so that that hits two inches high and then you keep moving out with your bag target or your distance until you hit two inches low you mark that distance and that's the distance that you can use that one reticle on the entire time that's actually you know what that's actually interesting because it's something that you always kind of you you're always wondering when you're shooting because they're and because the they're so close together too is where do you actually put it if i'm at right. 35 yards or if i'm at 25 yards Am, am I I should be dead center but should I be dead center it depends That's how a, fast it is like so the reticles on the katana right are 20 30 40 50 yeah. 60 I think mm-hmm. I mean if I was at a 35 yard shot I'd just take my 30 or just a little bit higher right because it's so fast it's not going to matter I've had them though where you have a twenty forty. You don't have a thirty at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's that's where you get I think in that area of, of okay where exactly is that? Your twenty. If that? it's that fast, I would think your twenty yeah. would hit thirty right almost dead on. Yeah, but so it's like it almost would hit within that four inches. Yeah. So you know, like if my spot's got a maximum shot of forty yards, yeah. can I just put my top pin on it and just yeah, let it read? That's pretty good. I like that. Because, I mean, like, me personally as a bow hunter, like, I, I still hunt with a target site because I'm cheap and I won't go out and buy hunting sites. Right. What? I, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I'll put a, I'll put a $500 target site. It's too risky. You <laughs> drop and break it. It's crazy. I know, man. That, I'm hunting with that Montana you, Black Gold site. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I was so excited about that thing. Like, that's... Boom. We shoot 150 yards out. Yeah, that thing's, that thing's on the bow right now. But, I mean... And, and, what broadhead are you using? Oh, right now. What am I shooting? I'm old school, man. I'll shoot the Muzzy 4-Blade. Really? Just, I'm a fixed You're good with the fixed blade? I'm a fixed blade guy. I mean, I'm a nerd, dude. You know that. So, so tuning, uh, it's... Yeah, I kind of knew. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a lot, I mean the expandable definitely has its, like, its, its, its day, in the, day in the light. But, I mean, for me, my grandfather pounded into my brain for years saying, like, that whole, his old Murphy's Law, like, anything you leave to chance, chance takes away from you. And expandables to me just have chance written all over them. Huh. I mean, I remember I, I was... Tell that to the rage in the cage, boys. I, I sell so many of those. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, like I've, oh, it's, it's hard to not... I mean, the thing is with a rage, in my opinion, if you, if you hit a deer square uh-huh. in the chest, 
very slim, it's not going to work that I've seen. I mean, I'm just saying yeah. two blade, but right. three blade. I have heard of issues in the past. I, I'm sure it's fixed by now, but mm-hmm. I've never shot their new one though. I know they have some new weird looking the hypodermics. One. Uh, not that. Probably one. About the three yeah, I haven't shot it. Oh, I thought they had different design. Now they have some weird flat head, like real flat. Or am I thinking G5? No, G5's got the dead meat, which is like an updated version of the T3. A better version of the T3. I'm not sure about that one. I haven't really... No, I've shot Rage the Deer one time. What are you hearing at the store? Rubber band broke. Did it really? And it opened. opened. Is what? Rages. I mean, that's what you're hearing at the store? I mean, so so Rage, if you look at their packaging, they changed their packaging. used to say two-inch cut, inch and three-quarter cut, and now everything's got a big plus sign next to it. Yeah. And when I was talking to the guy about it, the, the rep for the area, I was asking him, like, why has everything got pluses next to it? What are you saying? Are you trying to say it's bigger than two inches? He said the average cut off of one of those hypodermics has been four plus inches. Yeah, no, we, we just got, yeah, we just yeah. had one guy kill one with it. Yeah, and two like, guys, no. big hit, big hits. But no, I mean, Rage has been doing fantastic. NEP is always a killer in the game. They do fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, what about Ramcat? Here you on the Ramcat? We, we don't have a huge selections of them, but they, they tend to be selling down. Uh, we're getting a lot of them. A lot of them going out. Some guys are hardcore Ramcat guys. Oh, yeah. Ramcats have been unbelievable. Yeah. Man. Like I, you talk about the Muzzy, I'd use a Ramcat all day over yeah. a Muzzy. I've used Muzzy just because I've had them. Have I we know. lost one? No. Anybody no, lost? Never one? lost an animal with a Ramcat. Oh. And we've shot kids. So everybody. Many. This year we've been playing with Dead Ringer. Um, friends with Chris Bears. over there, so we told them, like, yeah, well, you know, we'll start shooting those a little bit, test them out. So far, so There's good. Some big holes of those too. Looks yeah, like well, big holes. At least a three-inch hole on that deer I shot, but uh, you gotta be willing to take the risk in mechanical, like you said. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Rage is an interesting one to me because it is a slip cam technology type thing, so it has to slide, which makes sense how it slides. You know, the advantage though is it slides on the front end and it comes out the back end with the same hole, so you're getting two holes and not in. Most of the time, you see it goes in, then it opens, and then it cuts through, kills the animal, and comes out with a huge gash. Whereas Rage gives you two. Yeah. Which I think is what always has been the big advantage of them, and a lot of blood trail because you get blood on both sides. Yeah. What happened to me though, and it's very odd, but I shot my deer with a dead ringer, and it's an over the top style. Uh, I don't know which one that one was. I'm not good with names. No. It was nasty. That's all I, I think it's one of the freak nasty. I think it was the freak nasty. Is it got the little uh, white thing at the top, and it opened like underneath the blades or under it, and then yeah. when it hits the back blades, it opens almost like a swacker type thing. Swacker type, of, yeah. Type one. I think well, that's anyway, a freak nasty. Yeah. I think it's a freak nasty, but that freaky nasty got freak nasty on this dough. I mean, it really freak nasty her. But anyway, what was weird about it is the intro hit was huge, which doesn't make any sense because it would win in and then open technically. So how would how would the how would the entrance be huge? I wonder That's if just... it pushes back as it opens. I wonder if because the arms stick out, it doesn't necessarily push out this way. I wonder if it's it so fast, this way. It's so much power. No, you're right. It goes, it goes top out. to bottom. Because I think because right. I think the package shows it yeah. open like this. So I think it grabs the arms and pulls them back, uh, and then they open through. Because it was like a three inch right. cut. It was a huge mm-hmm. cut. Yeah, that freak nasty. Huge. Huge. It was freak nasty. They got a crossbow version of that too. The, I shot. That's why I shot. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh my god! Like that deer didn't have a chance. I saw that deer run out like this and went and went do 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 down a ravine. I'm like, oh, of course the ravine had to fall into the hole. And I'm like, so then I go down there, you know, and I recover. Well, first off, it gets dark, right? And these guys like keep hunting. You know, a buck come out. I I heard a grunt earlier. I'm like, this could get good. You know, I might shoot a buck too. And uh, nothing happens. It gets dark. They're like, yeah, we'll come get you when, we, when we're done. So because they have to go change and whatever. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, it's raining, though. So I'm like, I better go get this deer. You know, because I, I don't know. Maybe it didn't go down. Maybe it ran away. I don't know. So I'm like, I better 
go. I, all I know is it went down the ravine and I saw it go into the ravine. I don't know if it fell into the ravine or, you know. So I find, I, I what I did is I cut the corner where I saw it go into the ravine and I start looking over there. I said, so I'm, not, I'm not looking anywhere near the, I don't care about the pile. I'm going to go over around and just start looking. It's freaking pouring, you know, it's cold. Got my flesh. I don't see nothing at first. I'm like, I know, you know, I know it's dead. I just got to find this blood. So sure enough, I find the blood and it's just a mass of blood. I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. So I follow down. I go down the ravine and I get to um, eh, 20 yards max. And I look up and it's dead right there. I'm like, sweet. Right on this deer trail, you know, blood everywhere. Like it definitely laid down like five years before it jumped one more time and expired. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like, you know, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to get to work, right? I'm like, why wait for him, right? I got to do it anyway. It's not like no one's doing it for me. So right. I'm just going to get to work. So I set the camera up. And I, it's, it's like raining. I set the camera up. I set. I get my pack out. I get my gloves on. Those all the way up. I get the knife out. I start cutting the, the stomach. I get in. I start doing it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, done. And I'm like, they're still not there. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm really moving, you know? So I finished cutting it. I'm like, I got it, you know, turned around i got this new harness i've been wearing for my safety harness i had it on because mm-hmm. i was in the tree and i came down and walked the edge so i had it on so it has this deer pull like oh, that's cool and i was like oh so i pulled i remembered because we were talking about it pulled it out of my bag wrapped around the deer's neck put it to my right over my hip there's a clip and this clips on and i got all my stuff ready i'm i'm on the camera i'm like well i'm done with this i tagged it and everything i'm like i'm done with all this i go no one's here but i'm gonna start seeing if i can get this thing out of here I walked up that ridge, dude, with that gut. It was like nothing with that thing. I was just walking. I'm like, this is incredible. I got to the top of the ridge, start walking back towards the blind, stopped, and I was breathing heavy then by then, you know. Got the camera out, and I'm looking, and there's still no one around. I'm like, what the heck? So then they finally pull up, like like literally 10 minutes later after that moment. I'm sitting there at the top. All Everything's done. So I pull up, and James like, let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, everything's done, man. The deer's right here. It's gutted. He's like, what? What? Did you say it's gutted? I'm like, yeah, it's gutted, tagged, everything. Let's go. He's like, sweet, sweet. <laughs> we did like, take our time. We went and had a drink at the bar. I don't know where they went. I'm like, bathroom. Did you I'm ever like, notice, though? Oh, my wife. Every single hunting story Dave says, he's always like, it was freezing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like 80 degrees. It was cold. That rain was making me cold. I wasn't like cold, cold, though. I will admit that. But I did say cold. I was a little chilled. Anyway, all right, we got to get out of here. So um, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. And special thanks again to Vanguard Outdoors. Go to VanguardOutdoors.us. Oh, no, 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 no. VanguardWorld.us. Check out Vanguard and all their great stuff. Binos, tripods, Pioneer packs, and much more. Spotting scopes. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.